Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. MyCastingFile, the place for talent to get their start. All right, welcome to Talking Like Normal People, a show dedicated to talking about acting, casting, and auditions, and probably some other things too with people who love it. I'm your host, Ryan Glorioso, casting director based in New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh, right in front of me is the future, um, Justin Coulter. Hi. Casting associate extraordinaire, the person you really want to get to know in this office. <laughs> That's true. Hey, I'm going to I'm gonna do Justin's favorite part of this uh. whole thing right now and just talk about how much we need our listeners to subscribe to the show and uh, give us a rating or review us or whatever you want to do. And hey, guess what, Justin? What's that? We're on Spotify now. What a great feat. I know. We can we can uh you can access this show on Spotify as well as iTunes, Google Play. Was SoundCloud. it hard to get on? Maybe not. No, I told you <laughs> forever. It was like easy process. Yeah. Um I mean, it's the first time I did it it seemed difficult and then I don't know. I maybe I just googled something different, and yeah. uh, suddenly it was like three steps, and uh, and we're in. There's like 24 episodes of you saying, "One day I'll figure out how to get on Spotify." <laughs> I just so hard. This is true. Yeah. This is true. All right, <clears throat> postcard of the week is from William Mark McCullough, who our guest today has worked with. That's right. Um, just joined the cast of Ron Howard's Hillbilly Elegy, playing an intense Southern cop. McCullough will be working opposite Glenn Close and Amy Adams in the film. That's pretty. Maybe you shouldn't have read that. What? Why? Maybe you should, because I, pro- I think I probably read for that. Dang! Are you? Yeah. Oh. Are you upset? I hate you, Mark. No, not really. <laughs> I really like him. I, I pull for him all the time. You, you put him on tape for it. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so his postcard has a, a nice you know picture of him on the front and then like like a top gun looking picture on the back where he's wearing some shades which is kind of weird i wouldn't do that in the headshot i'm just saying i'm just saying but look how cool he is you're cool we actually got two of these one's addressed to me and one to mr mr justin coulter good i can take it home we're both misters all right. Yeah, you could take this home. Yeah, I know. I know you like going. It's there. funny you said that he looked like the the Top Gun because he worked with Tom Cruise and American Made. No kidding. What I am I doing plugging this love other that. Actor? Yeah, no let's talk about like, Mark more. Yeah, maybe you should have him on the podcast. Yeah, let's get him. Mark, if you're listening. Uh, okay, I'm thinking about reading this thank you card. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is from Leslie Nipkow. She has this nice little. Uh, stationary with her name on the front she is a sweet 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 lady person uh ryan and justin i can't thank you guys enough for all you've done for me you make sure i'm in the pocket you're great readers and you've given me the mantra talk like wait, wait 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 and you've given me the mantra talk like normal normal people the purge was a great experience it felt good to breathe uh, life back into my prison guard persona. Mm -hmm. The people over there are so chill and supportive. Not at all what I expected. What? (laughs) I don't know what that means. Um, I also learned I've never, uh, never ever wanted to go back to Orleans parish prison. I love you guys. Thanks, Leslie. What does she mean? Go back. 
Well, I mean, she had to be her role shot at Orleans Parish Press. Oh, okay. I took it like like she was there. Yeah, before. she doesn't. Well, seem that was like nice. the type. Thank but... you, Leslie. For thank the you. Nice thank you, card. Okay, let's, let's get to our guest this mm-hmm. week. Our guest this week has gained credits in some very high-profile series and films over the last few years. Having started acting less than 10 years ago and already with nearly 50 major credits, including significant roles in Bonnie and Clyde, Deepwater Horizon, Preacher, shout out, (laughs) and the Purge series, shout out but not shout out. Um, He is an actor's actor and certainly on the right track to longevity in this business. In addition to acting, he is also a director and a producer. When he's not on set, you can likely find him helping other actors at his acting studio in North Louisiana. Please welcome the one, the only, Garrett Crudoff. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. I think I'm going to steal that from my IMDb page. That was an excellent... I wrote that. Yeah, it was great. I love it. <laughs> I, I wrote that. I'm, I'm totally using that. I wrote that today. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'll send you the uh, transcription. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll even give you the credit for it. Like, nice. I just put like nine <laughs> G, so nobody's hey. like, why did this cast yeah. to write his yeah, biography? Right? No, it's cool to have somebody else write it. That should be my side yeah. hustle. Yeah. Just writing It'll, people's IMDb bios? Yeah, it's just all going to be grammatically incorrect, though, because I am I suck at grammar. So, it's all right. It's at least like feeling. punctuations, you know? Right. It'll be like, why did he put a period <laughs> there? That's weird. That's what they made Grammarly for. Just oh. use that. Oh, I need that. Yeah. What is this Grammarly? It's like a plug-in for your, your web browser, your email, and it... And it gives you like it tells you commas periods like it's not like a just spell check it's oh yeah I justin yeah. you're supposed to be on top of this kind of stuff i have impeccable grammar so i don't need stuff I, like you, that. you really you really yeah you i run everything <laughs> i want to say to people by justin before i say it we all just, need a filter but i need yeah. a filter for different reasons i have i have a justin filter and a robert filter yeah Dang. we all have because there's times i just want to like you know go off on certain things and i have people that say like man maybe you should not i say it to them first that's my robert filter yeah 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 hey robert could you rewrite this email for me that's happened before yeah yeah that's always helpful not to anyone who's listening to this Mm -hmm. yeah and i don't have never wanted to go off on anybody that's probably listening either good you don't know that yeah not yet no no i'm just saying yeah. that. maybe they'll leave a comment yeah. if you want to go off garrett krutoff is such a jerk yeah right so what, what's the name of your uh acting studio uh, northwood acting studio and where is that it's at millennium studios in shreveport oh. louisiana your i didn't, know, I didn't know that's where it was yeah yeah it's inside awesome. millennium. are you like the only thing in that building uh well there's actually a production that's uh from that's like Oh, that's that, about to house there the little half million dollar project that you were that, telling me about. Yeah, that my friend Jordan Edwards is um, UPMing. So. so if you're in the North Louisiana area and you need uh, some acting classes and in a safe environment where there's plenty of gated parking, that is, it's true. Uh, yeah, go that's take care. That's why I stay uh, there. Really, that's I mean, awesome because it's, it's gated. It's, it's you know classes run late. So yeah, and I have a lot of female you know, actors and things like that, that I, I want a, a safe place. So it's, they close the gates after dark. That's a and, rare thing that there are female actors. <laughs> yeah. It's such a rare thing. Um, so that building, it's crazy. Like they built this whole studio yeah. in Shreveport, like the city of Shreveport 
got on board and gave Millennium a bunch of land oh. or leased them a bunch of land. Yep, they built like this brand new facility, and I think it's only been used a handful of times. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's basically now, like, I mean, it's still, there's a facility manager there. Um, his name's Wade Marshall. And, oh, I know Wade. Yeah, and he uh, he's basically there to, and it's, you know, the last few years they've done one, you know, like ultra low budget type thing a year for the last thing. The, the, really the last big thing I think that was there is probably, I saw the light, I think was the last thing. That, wow. Like big that, studio production type thing. That, that's been, that was a while uh, ago. Long so if time. you're a producer out there looking for a stage, Check out Shreveport. Yeah, they got plenty of uh, open stages. Yeah. For sure. All right. So uh, on to you. Start from the beginning. Outside of my amazing description <laughs> of you. Yeah, my that's amazing all. That's bio. All to, that's all uh, who are you? Where are you from? How'd you get started in acting? What's the story of you? So um, I'll go back to the first time I was ever on a stage. Uh, was when I was probably, I don't know, second, third grade. And it was supposed to be three. It was like a, you know, they're doing these school productions and it was supposed to be like these three kids. We were all supposed to sing the bare necessities dressed up as like, you know, I was the, you know, Shere Khan. And then there was supposed to be a Baloo and then like a Bajira and like the other kids bailed. <laughs> and so it was just me. Whoa. And, yeah. And my mother tells, I don't really remember it because I was so young. I, I, I have vague, vague memories of it. My mother tells the story of like how the entire school was like watching like this, you know, and I was a really, really small kid. Like I didn't grow any height until I was in high school. Um, so I was like half the size of everybody in my class. So here's this like tiny kid just as a tiger um singing the bare necessities alone but it must have been something that like sparked so I, I that was at a little private school that's no longer in existence in shreveport it's called trinity heights um christian academy up there and like in between uh shreveport and blanchard um and then i ended up going to this small catholic school called christ the king that was in Bozier, and they actually kind of had a little theater thing but it was only three guys and so in the whole school, in our class, okay. like in the whole, in our eighth grade, it was only like nine kids in the eighth grade class, but it was always like they put these on. And so it was easy for me to get the lead because there was only three guys. So, you know, um, so I played Jesus in the passion play and got my first standing ovation. And I think that's probably what like <laughs> struck an interest in me in acting was having that feeling of like, oh my God, people like, you know, they loved it. They loved you, you know, yeah. and that's such a, you don't get that as a film and TV actor, at least not like right away um, when you're finished with the performance. That's what's kind of cool about, you know, a stage thing. But then I went to, um, I went to a high school that didn't have any of that and kind of fell away from it for a little while. Um, uh, joined the military. Um, Which branch? I was uh, Air Force, Security Forces. I was stationed in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, Which is weird, isn't Shreveport like a major uh, Air Force base? Yeah, that's the whole reason Bozier. why I joined because I thought I wanted to go back home, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you're, you'll go." The recruiter's like, "Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll, you'll, yeah. you'll end up there for sure." I had to look up Cheyenne on a map because you know I'd never been outside of, and, and I should say this: I, I should say that I'm actually I grew up in a, a very small town. It's 20 miles north of. I was born in Shreveport because they're you know, no hospitals in Mooringsport, Louisiana, but that's actually where I'm from is this little town. It's about 900 people. I was on the city council there when I was in my early twenties. 
uh, <laughs> in this small town of Mooringsport. Um, so, you know, fast forward, life gets in the, and takes a different path and I'm managing a hotel and I met this producer who came in to, uh, scout for, uh, the hotel for, to put up, um, talent and cast and, uh, crew for True Blood. Name's Mark McNair. Mark. Mark. Oh, Mark. Mark. And so, uh, I was having a little bit of a midlife crisis because my house had just burned down. I'd lost everything. What? My father had died not too long before the house burned down. So I walked around in a stupor for like six months of just like, I, I literally remember waking up one day and going like, what just happened with the last six months of my life? Like, Jesus, I've been walk like walking in this haze. And so Mark comes in and, and, uh, it was like the day after the house burned down. So I, I know. And you're at work. I'm at work. <laughs> and yeah. And uh, that's a whole different podcast. The, the, uh, we could unpack this in like part one and part two, yeah. like a, like a extended uh, WTF Mark Marin type thing. <laughs> I have so much shit to unpack. But anyway, so uh, I get to talk about Mark. I, I've always had a love for film and TV. My dad and I, I remember as a kid, just, I mean, I remember seeing Star Wars on HBO for the first time, and we played hooky from school and work one day and watched. That was back when HBO only showed two movies on repeat, like constantly, right. you know, throughout the day. And so it was like that day was Superman, the original Superman with Christopher Reeves and, and Star Wars. Oh. And we just watched that like back to back and watched it, you know, three times or whatever that day. And so I have this, like, I've always loved movies, but, you know, when you're a kid from a small town in Northwest Louisiana population 900 that doesn't even enter into the equation that that is something right. that you could do. Right. Right. And so here comes Mark and I'm, and, and I said, yeah, you know, I've always loved movies and, and, and all this stuff. And he was like, well, it's never too late, man. And it was just that little <laughs> seed of <laughs> punk, you know, that like kind of set this thing. And so, um, my kid, was my oldest son was playing football and there was this photographer you guys i know know him his name's han soto and han was um was really hustling his photography business at the time so he was doing these sports shots and so han is like the consummate sales guy yes right? so, i had no idea he had a a photography business. We had oh. an episode with him. He didn't even bring that <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, no, no. oh, I got. Oh, that's another podcast. <laughs> you listening, Han? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he had a photography studio. So he reached out to me in this uh, to on Facebook to say, like, you know, hey, let me friend you so I can sell you shit, right? And uh, <laughs> a genius. And so. I'm, I'm sitting in my thing and I see this Facebook feed and he's in this Madden commercial with Sean Payton on this bus. And I was like, dude, that's him. So I like send him a message. Hey bro, like, <laughs> we're about the same. I'm thinking, cause Tan and I are about the same age. So I'm like, this guy's doing this. Like, let me see. So he's like, yeah, you got to come to my photography. It was like out in Prairieville. So I was living in Baton Rouge at the time. And, uh, he's like, come out to this, the studio where this guy Jerry Katz is teaching, you know, acting uh, lessons, okay. right? And uh, and so I go out to see uh, uh, Jerry. Did he yell at you? Uh, no, uh, he didn't yell at me <laughs> then. Uh, wow, so much shit to unpack. But, um, <laughs> so, but I was I was hooked. 
I like I saw one of the actors do a monologue and I just went, Oh my God, this is amazing. Or so, were you like, I could do that better? Uh, yeah, probably a little of that too. <laughs> but I but what's funny is I look back, you know, ten years ago and I realized how little I really did know. Sure. Which that you know, I'll circle back around to that in this as well. Um so I I, I started, you know, uh going to Jerry's class. I went probably for about six months and in the intervening time of Jerry's class, I, um, I signed with, uh, Han got me with, uh, Landrum. They were my first agents at the time. And she sent me on an audition for, oh my gosh, what was the name? Worst prom ever, I think was. Okay. Yeah. Like an MTV movie. Yeah. 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 And so it was, I'll never, it was like the, it was the second audition I'd ever went in live. First one was with Megan for a car commercial. And I was like, what the fuck? Cause it was like <laughs> a thousand people. And I'm like, what is this? I mean, wrapped like, literally we were wrapped around outside the building. Ooh. It was like, and it was just really fast, like going in. And Sounds I was like, like car commercial. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, is this what this is going to be like forever? <laughs> oh God, help me. And so. I did that and then I went to this and it was like, I think the casting director was out of New York or LA. It wasn't a local. Was, they were using like the big casting director for the small one. And I went in and it was playing this skeezy redneck named Dirty Steve. Is that even in your wheelhouse at all? Oh, Dirty Rednecks? <laughs> we're going to talk about that too. Part of our uh, Dirtbag series. Dirt yeah. series. Podcasts. I know, like the last, like the three guys. We're all yeah. in a row, yeah. Uh, our Dirtbag series. But I'm gonna, I'll tell you a story about, I'll, I'll, I'll come back around to, the, to, to Redneckville because it, it took me a while to get to Redneckville. Yeah. But you have this audition. So I have this audition for uh, Dirty Steve and he stopped the cat and when I was done with it, he stopped the cast and he called my agent and said like, I want this guy back here tomorrow for callback. So it was like the first like real audition I'd ever been on. And, uh, and so she called me and said like, well, you were in a, you know, it was like one of those 90 day trial things, but since you have a callback, I think maybe we need to, you know, sign you. And <laughs> so, uh, I went, obviously I, I didn't get the, the role. Um, and, because I remember him telling me like I did the thing and he was like, yeah, did you be more internal? And I was like, I, I know, look, I know I did the exact same thing I did before. <laughs> I was like internal. What does that mean? Like it, again, just so green, right. so green and so dumb. And so, um, didn't get that. And I, I started going on auditions, but then I drove to, uh, this workshop that, Lori Wyman was having in Fort Lauderdale and went to the, the workshop and it was like such a eye-opening thing of how to act, like just how to talk like a normal person, you know, and right. really big on. You got her, to see some experienced people working. Yeah. And, yeah. and she's, her thing is the organic actor. And so I, I went in, I did the, I did, I picked a scene uh, as a hotel manager, that's what I did. Yeah, so I just pick what you know, right? Mm -hmm. And so I went in, and she does a thing where you do the. She has you know five, six, seven, eight people do the same audition, and then you get what the callback, and then she says, "Okay, this is who I would cast." And so I did it, and this guy comes in, and he's chomping on a cigar and just being real big and stuff, and I just come in and just kind of like 
did it because I was seeing what she liked with the people previous. So I just kind of in went in and just kind of, you know, talked like a normal kind of guy and just did blah blah. And she was like, "That's amazing. Where are you from?" And I said, "Well, I drove in from New Orleans because you know I figured nobody knows where Baton Rouge is." And um, <laughs> it's just the state capital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she says, uh, "Wow, that's you. That's great. You're amazing. I want you to, you know, I'm gonna. You're on my radar, kind of thing." And so I, I came back and, and this is going to sound crazy and, and people hate when I say this, absolutely hate when I say this. All right, let's see. And I understand, I understand how insane this is back then, but I, I, I looking back, I understand this was insane, but I, I didn't think it at the time. I've been doing it about six months and it just reject, 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 reject. And I'd seen a lot of actors who'd been doing it for four or five years and had never had anything. And I went, I'm just not doing that. I'm just not, I'm, I'm okay in my life. Like I would, I'm appreciated where I am. I have, you know, I was president of the hotel association and, and, you know, I I had a little bit of stroke and it was like to go from being somebody in this world to being nobody is a bit of a, like, you know, so I said, I go in for this audition with Megan from Memphis Beat, and I'm like, it's the last audition I'm ever doing. I'm done with this. And I don't even do it in like six months. <laughs> and so, I, and I booked it. And then Lori calls me in, direct to call back for burn notice, like a week later. So, I mean, I'm like firing all on all and cylinders. And you booked that? And I booked that. Yeah. Then, after booking that, she, she calls me, and... Uh, direct and says I want you to go on tape for this show called Magic City uh, and at the time it was DA number two DA one and two so I put it on tape and sent the tape in didn't think anything about it um, some things started happening in, in life and I started making some transitions and, and I said well I'm going to go back to to Shreveport uh, where I have a home and I take my family back to Shreveport and it had been probably six or seven weeks since I sent that audition tape in kind of all honestly just forgot about it. And, and she called me and said, Hey, I, I need you. This is like on a Wednesday and like I'm unloading the moving van and she's like, Hey, um, I need you in Miami. Uh, she, Lori's great. When she calls, she goes, uh, she calls you directly. Yeah, she called direct and said, uh, and she had done this before. She called me when I booked the motorcycle dealer and says, "Hey, I'm calling to see if you have any Harley's." And I'm like, "You got the wrong number. Are you sure? Because I'm looking for the motorcycle dealer." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" Well, she did the same thing with Magic City. She was uh-huh. like, "I'm looking for uh, District Attorney Stout," and I was like, "What?" And she's uh-huh. like, "I need you in Miami on Friday, and I'm not quite sure when you leave because it's." It was a recurring, you know, role. You'll be back and forth. So I booked this recurring thing on Magic City, and that was what allowed me to just focus on acting because it was a recurring role. And then, you know, I was booking a, some day player stuff in between, and I started going to, like, I just started traveling to all these casting director workshops. Like, if there was a workshop, I didn't care if it was in North Carolina, I didn't care if it was in Atlanta. Uh, Texas, you know, in Austin, I just started, you went to all of them. I went to every. I went to one of yours, like early, and, I think. And those benefited you absolutely because one thing I have realized that you guys are all different. Like, yeah. like 
maybe not necessarily everybody wants you to talk like a normal person, but there's certain things, there's certain props that you want to be used that other cast directors hate. And like, you right. don't get that unless you can get in a room and, and ask questions. And then you sure. kind of tailor all of your performances to these individual casting directors. I think, I think if you're a good actor already, like you already have this foundation and you are, you have the, the right capabilities and you're able to make choices and whatever. The biggest benefit of those classes, probably from anyone is the questions. Yes. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's like, uh, I can't tell you like, how many of the same questions come up when when I do classes um, and how many new ones, but like how many people are just so thankful that it's just something they've, they've always wondered about and right. they just never really knew. Like, like it could be stupid stuff too. Like uh, stuff that I don't even care about. Right. You know? like, right. Like how should we hand our headshot and resume to you? Like, I don't care. Face up or yeah. face down. Right. Actually, I've always, I was taught like you hand resume up. Really? Be, yeah. Cause you're looking at the person's oh, face. Yeah. So it makes sense. You know, let's see the credits. But then again, we don't take headshots and resumes. So yeah. I, the only time I ever, when do you come to the audition, yeah. Callbacks is it. Like that's the only time I ever, I was like, I don't even used to be like, I printed, you know, a hundred once like years ago and then just, they still there. have them. Yeah. I still have them. <laughs> so you they're old. So you started going to these, uh, these classes around the region. Did you go, yeah. did you venture out to like California? I or did. I went, yeah, I went, I, I learned quickly. It's such a different because, well, also I, I will say this too about LA casting directors are not as encouraging as Southeast casting directors are as far as like, when you go to a Southeast catcher, they talk in um, in eventualities, saying like, well, when you are on set and when you book and right. when you come into my office right, and right. when you have a call back. And LA cast directors, not all, I'm, I'm, I've been, but I'm, I'm, gen I'm not trying not to generalize, but they're just more like, I mean, I went to one that was like, basically like, none of you are going to ever really make it. You know, like, <laughs> I'm probably never going to see you in the room and there was a few that, so I, I kind of steered clear of the LA ones unless they were something like SAG sponsored and then, you know, it was right. free and there was a bunch of them in two days and yeah, you could yeah. kind of go put in some, you could go see some regional casting directors as well as the LA ones. Um, but I mainly stuck to the regional casting directors sure. and, and part of it was too, just to get of, of saying like, you know, showing what I could do and what yeah. I learned. Cause for me, that was the other part about magic city. I didn't know Jack and my role was super was recurring, but it was like, maybe if I was lucky, I'd have like a line per episode. So that's not something you have to remember. So I paid attention to every detail, nice. everything that was going on. And I remember seeing this scene with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Matt Ross. And I thought it was going to be this, you know, super intent, like, rah! and then they just do this thing. And I was like, what the hell are these guys doing? And then I see it on TV and it was like, ding, 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 ding. Holy Cause shit. Cause you would have, you, in your head, you were going to approach it a oh, whole totally different. Totally different. Yeah. And there was a guy, the other part of my, the kind of evolution too was I was real lucky. And the guy that played my partner, his name was Todd Allen Durkin, a good friend of mine now. And, um, I learned so much from him as an act cause he had been an actor since he was like a, a kid. And, he had just started work. He'd been a big, really prolific theater resume. He'd been to New York 
And so I just absorbed as much from him as I could. And I would watch him do the scenes that we auditioned with that I certainly would have screwed up at the time. And it's so funny to circle back around to the audition. I watched it later and I was like, how in the hell did I get cast? That is an awful audition. And I, and I asked the showrunner, like at the end of season two, we were at the wrap. And I said, I have, a, I have to ask you a question. It's Mitch Glazer. Uh, he was the executive producer. And um, right, I said, how in, why did you cast me? And, <laughs> and uh, I said, that audition was awful. I just watched it, Mitch. And he was like, I just, I love the way you look. And you look like you stepped out of the 1950s and I knew I had to have you in the show and I knew you'd get there eventually, like meaning as an actor. Yeah. You know, I, I knew That's you had awesome. the capacity to get there. And, um, and, and it's strange cause I have done a ton of period piece work. I mean, yeah. I almost say half. Yeah. Of what I mean, I do is you, you definitely have a great look you know, for, you don't look like anybody else that no. I know. Right, right. Which is a, a, you know, and you're talented. Thanks. But what a, what a, what a nice person like to, yeah. to take that risk on someone who's new. Oh, and, completely. And this is a guy that like, you know, I knew who he was. I remember him from Scrooge. He wrote it. He's best friends with like Bill Murray. He has a little scene in Scrooge as like one of the friends. So I knew this guy. And so to see him, and um, and then to watch guys, like I said, like Matt Ross is, you know, a great actor, writer, director. And to watch him, watch Todd Allen Durkin work, watch Jeffrey Dean Moore. It was like a master class. Yeah. And I didn't have to worry about learning lines, so I could just watch them That's as awesome. a principal because you're That's there. really cool. You know, and so, um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. And then with, again, it just kind of started the ball rolling and then, you know, residuals kept it to where I really didn't have to, to work. I, I had a couple or? of survival jobs in between. Like, you know, I, there's a, there's a farm up in Northwest Louisiana. It's called, um, Dixie maze farms, the haunted corn maze. And I, and I, even to this day, I go and help them with stuff in the fall. Cause now at this point I just love doing it. <laughs> like I host their murder mystery dinners. They started doing murder mysteries last year and I hosted those. Nice. Um, I'm going to host four of those this year. How long from starting acting to, getting the ball roll rolling was it before you quit the hotel i actually quit before oh. i started I cashed out my retirement which was probably maybe wasn't like a huge amount but it was enough to like to keep you for going. like a year and then um but right after i had the, that magic city was like came right on the heel like i said i was moving off the moving truck and wow. it came like right on the heels of that so wow. that was like you know um it was those, it was that really that workshop with Lori Wyman kind of kickstarted the whole thing. Do you think there's like actors listening to this who have been like <laughs> trying to achieve just what you did in six months, uh, out there that, uh, are so jealous right now? Like, yeah, I, I mean, and that's, I, and that listen, doesn't happen. Like no. there's a part of me that does, I'm, I'm very appreciative of it. Like a hundred percent appreciative. I realize what an anomaly that I am because like I said, I, I know guys that, and, and women that started the same time that I did that haven't had near mm -hmm. the success that I've had or any, I mean, I know some that are like, haven't done anything and they're still out there. I still see them grinding away. Yeah. And I admire that perseverance so much cause I just don't have it. I mean, like I quit every other day. I mean, and, sure. I, and I say that so that people understand that like it's, 
when you start working and you have success, it doesn't take away all of your insecurities. It doesn't take away yeah. all of your anxiety. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. just walking up the sidewalk to this building <laughs> gave me anxiety. <laughs> like, and it took me like, I usually I'm okay. Once I get in the room, I'm okay. I mean, I just listened to Patricia Clarkson on Mark Marin this week, and I mean, she same thing. I mean, yeah. like all actors have the the ups and downs, and it's like you know you get that bump, that hit of like, ah, this is great when when you're doing the thing, but like you have downtime and greatest. Listen to that episode. Greatest, I love Patty. She, I worked with her on this movie called Out of Blue. As a day player, just a gun store owner, it is a nothing role. And she was so complimentary of me in that scene. And then so much so that she had the AD after it was over. They wrote me and said, we cannot tell you how much Patty loves you and what a great, how appreciative she was of this. That's awesome. Nothing to me. Like it was such a nothing deal I'm, I'm explaining a gun to her dang and that was it that's the scene i watched it the other day and went what i didn't Did you get her I, number yeah I, no I, I, <laughs> well probably she's from here yeah that's know? true but i she's so sweet and just so great and and she was so complimentary and it's you know and and i've, I've been lucky enough to have those moments of like i've had you know stars i've worked with or people that worked with that have that that's what gives me we as i think as actors what we, we really want validation like we and and i'll say this i say this to my students a lot make sure when you walk in the room you want it so badly and that's why you fail sometimes because you're so anxious about needing to book like this role for whatever reason and i always say like make sure you know what it is why you want to book because for so many it's the validation of like your friends and family think that you're nuts doing this. <laughs> yeah. They're not supportive, you know, for the, I'm not saying not everybody, but you, a large right. majority of the people that are not in the business that you encounter mm -hmm. the, of your friends. I mean, I lost most of my friends. And when I started this business, I, mean, I maybe have a, a handful that stuck by me through this change in yeah, my life. Really? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because the rest of them thought I was crazy. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. And they're crazy. Yeah, and so well, I, I, you're, you're like, but back to like, you know, what we were talking about, like with the success and everything. You're kind of a rarity, you know. Of you don't, you're not in L.A. Right. You are working a lot. You're sitting in Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm or sitting actually in Mooring Mooring Yeah, I always make that caveat. <laughs> Which is of like 20 miles north yeah. of Shreveport. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, yes, you can live anywhere you want and pursue acting these days with the technology, but, but he's actually living anywhere and working. Well, you know? and, and, and I say this too, because to, I say it all the time. I have people that just without any success or any kind of like base just say oh, i gotta take i mean like and we're talking you know shreveport people I'm, I'm going to new orleans i'm going to la i'm going to atlanta and i'm like just slow down like don't you're not just because you're there just is not going to make it any easier for you to book at the talent level that you're at now 
get your, you know, unless you're going there to specifically enroll in an acting class, Mm -hmm. you know, in one of those, because it's like, I'm going to go there and try to like, you know, hone my skills and and train. But that's not what most people just go like, I'm not booking because I live in Baton Rouge. I'm not booking because I live in New Orleans and everything is in Atlanta. So let me pack up and move to Atlanta because that'll make it so much easier. And there are people that have talent and do it and they and it and it works. But people that don't do it. And I always say, like, have your, you know, your base first because you can work from anywhere. Right. And then so when people are training with you as someone who i mean for all intents and purposes did you really have training no i mean what, well what what do again, you ba- what do you base their training on like so, what's the what's the concept there so kind of to a couple of things to 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 rewind a, a little bit and i guess um Dodie brown who you guys know yes. um love Dodie. shreveport um actress who's actually from Rayville, I think. I hope I said that right, because I didn't. Dodie will listen to this, so I have to be careful. Uh, so Dodie's from Shreveport, and her and I did a, a little short film together when I first moved back to Shreveport. I think it would have been 2013, 2012, 2013, somewhere in there. Um, so about 2014, when things were just really humming, mm-hmm. we both have... Uh, she had two daughters, has two daughters, and... Uh, two of my three kids were involved in, in so we were between the six of us that summer we literally auditioned every single somebody auditioned every day that summer and we put it on tape and we could see from the callbacks and from you know uh from bookings with the kids bookings and and our bookings we could start to see what was working and what was i mean we literally were able to kind of hone this thing between the two of us because we were able to do it every day. Right. And, and so, um, so that kind of started it. And then I just, again, just working on set is such a, is on, is on the job training. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, and I've been blessed enough to be on set a lot. And again, as when you day play or when you have a, a smaller recurring role that maybe you have a, a payoff, like the purge where you don't say anything for like three, maybe you have like a couple lines for three episodes and then like your last fourth episode, you've got this great two or three pages worth of monologue and you know, you get to really do right. some work, but for those first three, you can just watch soak it all in and soak it and see, and you work with, you know, and when you work with guys like uh, Matthew McConaughey and Patricia Clarkson and like and right. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, you're seeing what they do and you're replicating it. And so, and all they're doing is talking like normal people, you know, with the emotion <laughs> that's behind it. And so, um, so there was that. And then I had started, uh, before I moved into Millennium, I had started kind of, I had some friends of mine that were actors. It just kind of hit this wall and hit this plateau of like, they booked a couple of times, but they weren't really doing much or anything. And so I was working and they said, what, show me what you're doing. I want to do what you're doing. And Tell I said, secret. I said, well, come out to my house, you know, and I got this studio set in my house, come out and we'll, we'll work. Well, they, this guy started booking and they were taping with me, started booking. And then they were like, 
I'm never taping anywhere else. I'm always coming, you know. So you're you're coaching them. A yeah, bit. I'm coach. Yeah, I'm 100 coaching them. And so they actually were the ones that encouraged me to say, you know, look, you need to to put this out there and and teach other people because there's nothing there. Why not? And so I started at the community center in Morning Sports. People were having to drive, like, because I wasn't going to go rent space, and I was going to have like two students. Right. And so I started at this community center you know, a block away from my house and more sports attached to the library. It's exactly what it sounds like. And, uh, and people were driving out to see me and I said, crap, I think I might have something. And then I partnered up with Eric Gibson, who was, um, trying to make these, you know, low budget films. And so we, we had the opportunity to move in millennium and we split the space at that time. So it made it really affordable for me to start the, the school and because I knew if I could get into Shreveport people would come and then the other part that made me open the school was there were people in Shreveport that were basically um, you know background artists that were trying to take people and teach people and and I was like this they can't they can't, this can't happen this is the like blind leading the blind it, absolutely and, and I I definitely wanted to say that to, to the actors too that are listening is like you know please find somebody that's because there's there's a lot of actors out there yes it's competitive but there's a lot of actors out there that are willing to help other actors that may be a little below them and get those because i had a a, a kid come in to my uh, class of the day and he came in for a private session and he said could we watch these tapes that i that i did and i was like yeah sure and i watched the tape and i was like well this one's good but why in the hell are you doing all this extra crap in this tape blah, blah. And he says, well, so-and-so told me. And I was like, what is so-and-so ever done? Like that right. he's given you this advice. Right. Like, you know, and it's just what Justice is saying. It's the blind leading the blind. It's it's so like, don't do that. Like find somebody that has some success in whatever part of the business that you want to be in. Yeah. You know, and, and kind of like follow their lead. So it's good to have a mentor. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I did that cause there's, and Dodie, uh, partnered with me. Um, and, um, uh, my friend Nina Leon comes in, she does commercial workshops for us. Um, and kind of teaches the commercial side cause Lord knows I don't do a lot of commercial work. Um, unless it's here, drink this fucking orange juice. Like, <laughs> that would probably be a, be a commercial I could book, but there's not a lot of call for that. Uh, I need a pen. Uh, so <laughs> is that the title of the podcast? Well, now, now Drink you the, ruined it. Yeah. No, it still could be. Um, could fucking orange juice. So yeah, it's, uh, I don't get a lot of cough scores, so I have to have her. She comes in cause she books a lot of, of commercials and, and helps with that. So we, it's, you know, the three of us kind of like built this team of, of what's really truly the only working actors left in Treeport. I mean, like there's a couple, there's a handful of, of, of couple that are, that you know audition and work a little bit but not at the level that that we do and we feel like that's you know the other thing is to get great tapes to you guys i mm -hmm. want when the tapes come out of my studio uh i don't want you guys going oh what the hell we're getting this guy <laughs> you know because what is grudoff doing yeah because i've seen i mean the other part of it is that i've done that's kind of helped me too is um you know i've cast these shorts and super low budget things for my friends and so i seen some of the tapes that these actors turn in 
And I would never want this job that you do as a full-time job because I would probably run from the building screaming. Like, you know, just seen our taping instructions page. It all needs to be there. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's, I, I know of a cast director too, that, that, uh, it's funny. They keep a, and again, this is stuff that I, I, I learned from, um, you know, having these and my relationships with casting directors, I will say this too. My relationships with casting directors and producers have never been forced. They've never been me trying to be like, Oh, please let me sit in your office for an hour and watch tapes with you. Or, Hey, can you get me on the show? Cause I'm great. It was an organic thing that just happened right. as again, talking like a normal person to them and, and not, constantly discussing work and things and so um i've been fortunate enough to have seen things on the other side from a casting director perspective and saw i sat in with this casting associate it was a friend of mine and she was showing me the worst of the worst tapes and like it was a folder on the desk oh wow and we should, uh, do that. We should keep one yes. of those. and <laughs> and so but it was it was eye-opening at the time because like you know, even some of the some of the ones that like I was watching things that was were, were coming in, and like she'd click on it and they hey, watch about like you know fifteen or twenty seconds and I'd go click and I go wait 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 why did you turn that on? oh because da 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 and so that taught me like oh you don't want to do that because that's an immediate like you know red flag right beat my head up against the wall mm-hmm. kind of thing so. So what I teach is just a is is a is a hodgepodge of everything I've learned from casting director workshops, working on set, um, and and I know it works because, uh, especially my kids. I don't have a lot of kids, but every single one of my kids, and I'm, when I say my kids, I'm not talking about my personal children. Children, yeah. I'm talking about my students. My children have booked as well, but um, it works because they book. Wow. And when are you going to write the book? <laughs> when I'm 85. The book the book. book. And book, I can book. tell all the secrets that I've, and all the people that have pissed me off and it doesn't matter. Like the old Burt Reynolds, like nice. the way he did it, you know, yeah. that kind of thing where yeah. you're just like. So if you want to, if you want to learn there. the Krutoff, uh mm-hmm. secrets, yeah. you either need to, co- you need to go to Shreveport, that's take right. a class or you got to wait till he's 85. Yeah, yeah that's is, right. Which is a few years away. Just, <laughs> yeah. So, just a few. <laughs> so what um do you have any other interests outside of acting? Um you know, funny enough, I used to have a lot of interests outside of acting. You uh, used to? Yeah. And, and now you don't? I don't. I really like it's so sad and but I consumes your life because of the because of the studio you right. know and well that yeah takes up so much time and um i mean suddenly you're you have this other business yeah know, outside of your business of you as right. an actor well also you spent what like the first three-fourths of your life not acting right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so. yeah so i used to and i still do i still enjoy sports and things but i used to be like a really like sport like my life revolved around stopping everything on a saturday to watch the tigers play and now it's like yeah, if i catch it great you know, like, oh, wow. yeah, you lost Justin. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it, it's like, it's like that. I mean, like that was even, even now, even watching uh television, which by the way, I don't watch anything that I'm in except for what I'm in 
Like I immediately stopped watching it. I don't watch things I'm not cast in because that hurts too. <laughs> like I say all this to say like, you have a sad existence. Man. Yeah, yeah. Like in a way, like I just don't want everybody to think like, you know, I think so much of social media is, you know, perpetuates this. Oh, they're so, they're doing so much better than me. No, I'm still washing my dishes and, you know, right. like I'm on, I might be on set with McConaughey today, but I'm in freaking carpool tomorrow. Well, okay. Well then that, that's a good lead into my, you know, one of my normal questions is, do you feel successful? I feel like I know the answer to this. Uh, and how do you measure success? Oh God, that's so hard. Um, I'm hungry. And so there's, I, there's never, I think success maybe for me would be to be able to sustain a series regular role on television. I think that's okay. real success. Yes. I have been successful. You have been successful, but I am hungry and it's not enough for me. Like I won't, I don't, I, You're I not have, resting. Yeah. I have this thing and I also have this thing. Like I don't on the past, like I've seen actors that get cast in one thing and we hear about it for the next 17 years and like they haven't done anything since, but every throwback Thursday is a picture of them from this freaking set. That That'd be me 10 years ago. Yeah. Are, are you getting opportunities to read for series? Right. I actually ha uh, every, yeah, I probably maybe two or three a year. Do you think, do you think that, uh, the limit to living in Shreveport or in New Orleans or wherever is is not getting the opportunities for those? Well, I think a lot of times what has happened to me in the past, it, well, first of all, I also understand my brand and what I am as what I'm, where my wheelhouse is, right? And that's and, very important and, to understand. Well, a lot wanna, of people don't understand. That. And I want to talk about that of what, what it took me to find that because I am essentially at my heart in the, in the, in where I am, my roots, I am poor white trailer trash from Morningsport, Louisiana. And did you I grow up in a trailer. I did. Awesome. And I made on the wrong side of the tracks. Literally there's only Morningsport <laughs> is on the other side of the railroad tracks. There was only one trailer that was on the other side of the railroad tracks and it was mine. Like, <laughs> So I always say Dang. I grew up poor white trash on the wrong side of the tracks that no one else was on but me. Like it's a very singular. Uh, it's yeah. lonely. It's yeah. And so I had a lot of, and that goes to it too. I had a lot, there was a lot of like me having imaginary friends and pretending to be superheroes and things like that, you know, having this imagination. But, um, I escaped from when I got out of there originally, I escaped. I did everything I could to leave that persona behind me. And so when I first started, uh, you know, acting, I wanted to be uh, the attorney, the detective, the, the, the white collar guy. And I was doing these redneck roles, but I wasn't being real with them because I really, truly, secretly didn't want to be. I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be poor white trash anymore. And, but it was something in me that said like, you know what? Screw it, man. Let's just embrace this. And as soon as I did, as soon as I found like embrace those roots, I, the dirtbag redneck thing just kind of became my brand. It doesn't mean I still don't play. Right. 
detectives yeah, and yeah. you know lawyers and things like that. But I'm really good at playing a dirtbag redneck, <laughs> and it's because I grew up with dirtbag rednecks, and so I know that the, the, the genre, I know the people, like they're all real people, and. And so I always tell my actors, you know, don't be, you, you have to be vulnerable. You have to allow yourself to be vulnerable and find out who you really are at like your core, mm-hmm. what, who you are and, and just embrace it and, and run with it and be that because if you're anything else, you're acting and you're going to get caught acting where as a redneck, I'm not acting anymore. I'm just, you know, being myself, you know, so that's my other piece of that of saying to go back around uh, to the series regular stuff. I know that those are the opportunities that when they do these, and I can't say too much about the show that I'm on right now. Uh, Cause I'm not supposed to, but I'll say that, you know, it's this Gothic Southern noir show that's really tailor made for me. And that's the type of show that I think I would land a series regular gig on would be something like that or you know something like an ozark or those kind of things where sure they're not going to find any more anybody more authentic than yeah than me and they are they're going to know it and that's what i wait for and a lot of times what happens when the few that i have read have either just been something where they're going to get the guy with a little bit of a name out of la or i read for it and this has just happened i read for it they liked me, but they had already zeroed in on the guy from LA and had, was already going through the process of, yeah. Cause we get it a little bit later. It just, it happens like that. Yeah. You know, oh, more we, than you think. we get it a little bit later and they're like, Oh man, if we'd have just seen him two weeks ago. Oh, agents, you wonder why I work so fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, let's get Today. this in before. Yeah. And yeah. so that, you know, um, so I would say that would be that would make me feel more successful. But you know, then what happens when I if I was a series regular, right? I'd be like, well, I'm not a success until I can win an Emmy for this role. I mean, like, where does it end? I don't think right. it does. I think there's you're always successful. A, yeah, I, well, I, I would say you're successful. I thought you were going to say yes. I feel successful. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer. I thought you yeah. were going to say. No, I'm trying to like, you know, it's real important for me, and I I, I like this with my students to be like. A hundred percent real, like all of my insecurities, all the anxiety, everything I go through, I want people to realize it's a real thing. And I think about it and I go through it because I don't want people to, and, and I've had, unfortunately we've lost and you guys, I know have known some where we, we lose people in this business to suicide and to, um, you know, they, they just disappear and we, we go looking for them and everybody's in a panic because they've just went walkabout to like, cause they've just cracked and you know i want people to realize that and i've talked to other actors that are even more successful and just as successful as me that they have those feelings and i want everybody to know that like you're not alone like sure it's a thing you know and so that's why i'm just like keeping it real keep it real yeah Yeah. all right is there anything you want uh, casting or producers to know about you that they might not know you did you you told us a lot today i so think it might not be anything more i, don't I, know. I the biggest thing for me is i'm super low maintenance and uh i don't even eat on a set you, I, you don't even really? have to feed me no, oh my god it's my favorite part no i'm uh i'm a really i'm a really i don't ever stop working and i'm it's i'm never gonna be 
I'm never going to, like I said, I'm never going to rest. I'm just always going to work to be better. And I'm never going to stop learning. Even as a, you know, I try to bring back every time I'm on set. Um, I try to bring back something to my students that I learned from set. Like, oh, this happened. And it was like, blew me away. And it was amazing. And you guys, I don't want you guys to be caught off guard, maybe like I was, you know. That's cool. I like that. I like that too. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, all right. Before we go, you have any questions for us? No, I've I've spent the last ten years asking casting <laughs> directors questions, and he's like, been to every every uh, casting yes. workshop in the southeast. I I really and it's funny because I knew you were going to ask that because I listened to uh, I listened to the podcast and the only I'll say this too the only anxiety again the only podcast i cannot listen to and will not listen to are the four major casting directors in the same room <laughs> at the same just the photo alone <laughs> i need medication to <laughs> so like get through it eight i think yeah so i can't seven and eight yeah that I won't listen to that. but i listened to it so i knew you guys asked and i thought man i need to come up with something where i sound really smart but i can't so i'm just gonna keep my mouth shut and not ask anything all right that's yeah. okay Good. Yeah. Well, this is a good episode. We Loved learned it. a lot about Gary Krutoff. And uh, you guys follow us on Spotify if you want, because we're there <laughs> now. Right? And then right. you could listen to some cool music too yeah. afterwards. Beautiful. All right. Give the old thumbs up, five star, all that stuff that irritates him. Let's uh what's your let's follow us, everyone. Uh oh, all of at, what's your uh, all of my social media, uh Twitter, Instagram, everything is at G.S. Crudolph, which is K-R-U-I. T is in Tom. H-O-F is in Frank. Only one F. Yeah, I always right. do two Fs, and yeah. it's like I can't find you on Breakdown. At, uh, <laughs> at G.S. Crudolph is all of my, my Twitter. And uh, oh, I should mention now, I am I have been for the last two years with Action Talent Agency, I should mention. If you want to Angie book, at Action Talent Agency. Book his been, talent at Action Talent. And, and again, that was one of those moments where I had just about left the business. And... Uh, I was ready to quit and Angie came in and I said, well, we'll see what happened. And I booked the second audition I did for her and I thought, that may won't quit just yet. Awesome. Angie is, I'm, I know she's listening. Yeah. She's a yeah. big fan. Thank you, Angie. We love you. Um, all right. Follow us at Talk Like Normal, at Glorioso Casting, at Jason Edwards TV, at Full Grown Mouse, at Justin TC underscore underscore. Thank you, Jason Edwards, who's going to edit this for us. My man. Yeah. Um, I think he's driving to Los Angeles right now. Actually, I know he is because he told me he was. So he's going to be doing this one for us uh, on the road. Remote. Yeah. All right. We're out. Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. Create a searchable profile accessible by multiple casting directors who are casting major film, television, and commercial projects. MyCastingFile.com.